Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all-out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast. Written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book 3, Arrest. Chapter 12, Fingal, 15 Years Ago. Your reputation precedes you, Rickla de Dianel, Kentina said with deliberate emphasis and care taken to pronounce his name just so. I've read of your many deeds. Your rank was Lieutenant uh, Syakath, if I'm not mistaken. My rank, said Ricklar de Dianel coolly, is Sailor Criona. I was in the Queen's inner circle. Ah, Kentina slid his gaze to Fingal with a small smile. His mistake had been deliberate. Damn the security, damn the airship, Fingal thought. He should have run with Riona when they had the chance. He hoped, beyond hope, that the girl would not give in to her natural curiosity and remain in her room. He hoped none of these courtly fae ran off to find the girl, if they knew she was hiding here. Fingal and Brendan's lateness to the hall had not improved their chief guest's mood. Ricklar de Dianel's testiness had been fanned by small talk and exasperated by the enclosed space where they were to dine and negotiate for the Fey patients' lives. The noble warlord's wings flared as he huffed, taking in Cantona's great hall with interest and suspicion. It was a tall room, but cozy enough, Fingal supposed. The closed, heavy curtains drew the warlord's gaze to the wall behind Fingal, Brendan, and the other humans present. There would be no easy way to escape if diplomacy broke down. Kentina was not a fighting man as far as Fingal knew, and he doubted from the look of the staff scurrying in and out of the hall that they could defend themselves handily from blade or fiery blow. The two doorways leading to the manor's maze of corridors served as the only viable escape from the hall. More large paintings and tapestries, a suit of armor, and other small curiosities decorated the room. Fengel noted the empty wall mantle where a spear or a sword had been displayed until recently. Kentina either took no chances or wanted to communicate in no uncertain terms that he was not here to harm the Fae. 
This was a civilized dinner, Kentana had said. Weapons would not be necessary. The Fae were unarmed, as far as Fingal could tell. But anything could be a weapon if it was wielded correctly, including the gleaming silverware around the table set to perfection for their distinguished Fae guests. And, Fingal thought dimly, it wasn't as if the Fae wielders could lay down their magic at the door. Fingal and Brendan, and every other human inside of Kentina's estate, was greatly vulnerable before the hulking, towering fey beast that was Ricklar de Dianel. My apologies, Kentina said finally to the fey. Your grasp of the fey language far exceeds my grasp of the fey tongue. Ricklar de Dianel inclined his head, and a contemptuous smile spread across his chiseled face. Though it was the warlord's warrior escorts that openly regarded not only Kentina, but Fingal, Brendan, and Ephraim with pure hostility and distrust. The Fae outnumbered them. Ricklar didn't introduce his companions aside from the Fae child who had spied on them earlier. He peered out from behind Ricklar's legs, half hidden beneath Ricklar's heavy cloak. The child, unafraid, looked to each fay in turn for guidance on proper etiquette and behavior, and settled his gaze on the entrance from which Fingal and Brendan had come late. Was the child searching for Riona, Fingal wondered. And, as if hearing the thought, the child's gaze snapped to Fingal. Fingal averted his eyes as if touched by fire. He would have to mind his thoughts. Who knew what magic any of them could wield, especially the curious, green-skinned fey child? My son, Lask, Ricklar said of the boy, whom you met. Larsk shrank behind his father and pressed his wings against his back in deference. Everyone except Ricklar found this amusing. He didn't scold the boy, but Fingal noted the near imperceptible tremble that ran through Larsk's body. How fortunate you are to have your children with you as you travel, Kentinaw said without missing a beat. Ricklar, equally on time, replied. I don't see your children running about, Madradun. Where are they? Cantona gestured to Afrin, who stepped forward eagerly. The young man, like Cantona, was wearing a crisp new jacket and dark pressed trousers. Afrin exchanged a knowing look with Brendan and Fingal, as Cantona said diplomatically. This is Aphron, my eldest. The rest are with their mother. I've sent for them, but as you know, the post-war mail has been fascinating, fascinating. When will you invite me to sit? Ricklar interrupted curtly. Fingal felt the sting readily. They had not been seated 
because they had been waiting for him and Brendan to arrive. Yet Kentana, undaunted by the noble warlord's rudeness, nodded to Aphrin, and the young man directed everyone to their strategically assigned seats. The five fae sat around one end of the table, while the humans settled on the other. There were two empty chairs in the middle of the setting, acting as a neutral zone for the table, guarding woven baskets containing steaming rolls and porcelain dishes of fresh butter. Brendan reached for the bread greedily, stopped only by Fingal's disapproving stare. Each setting already had a plate with an artfully arranged green salad and small potatoes covered in some kind of white powder. It looked too expensive to eat. A roaring fire warmed the cozy hall on the Fay's side of the table. As Ricklar strolled by it to his assigned seat, the flames reached for him tantalizingly. Fingal's stomach felt like a butter churn, and he nearly reached for the bread himself to calm his nerves. Just don't think of the girl he thought, and cursed himself again as his mind betrayed him. To distract his racing mind, Fingal evaluated the fae briskly, not wishing to be rude or suspicious with his curiosity. Shining gold earrings lining the oversized pointed ears of a fierce-looking fae with bright magenta skin inspected the table settings vigorously, and when she deemed them safe, she bowed deeply to Ricklar, who nodded in appreciation as he sat in his appointed chair. A tittering, gold-haired, golden-eyed fae promptly stole the seating next to the noble warlord, which earned the fuming disapproval of the fae with the shining earrings. She uttered something sharply in their native tongue, to which the golden-haired fae remorsefully stood, yelped an apology, and followed a pointing finger to a different seat across from Ricklar instead. When the fae with the pierced ears attempted a sincere apology to the warlord, he uttered in the Drazanian tongue, Now don't be petty, Bedosi. Give the poor girl a rest. She is still learning the etiquette. Feeling eyes upon them, Ricklar shot Fingal a curious look, his lips twitching with interest. Then he gestured dismissively. Well? Fingal pulled out his chair and took his designated spot, the furthest seat possible from the warlord. And yet, he couldn't escape Ricklar de Dianel's inquisitive, peculiar gaze. The old stories and the pervasive propaganda spoke of Fay who could charm with a look. Ricklar seemed to embody the idea. His magnetism was such that perhaps the stories had their origins with him. Ricklar was the most beautiful of all in the room, without question. Had he not been moving and speaking, Fingal thought it would be easy to mistake the muscular fae with a statue crafted from godly stone. 
Fingal tore his gaze from the warlord so as not to be rude or commit some other unknown social faux pas. Yet it was too late. Fingal's too long stare earned the hawk-like attention of the other tough soldier in Ricklar's company, a young uptight fay who took a seat next to Larsk protectively. He stopped the youngster from pawing the plates, silverware, and other items that the servants had arranged with painstaking care. This soldier had the darkest skin color Fingal had ever seen on a fay, a midnight blue, which contrasted with his sparkling golden irises. While the soldier managed Larsk, he also took note of Fingal's attention on the warlord the servants' locations in the room, Brendan's longing for bread, and Kentana's movements as the islander took a seat next to Fingal and Brendan at the head of the table, opposite Riklar. "'My lord,' said the young soldier next to Larsk in a heavy, lilting accent, stifling all budding conversation. "'De food,' the warlord smiled." You could never allow me to forget, Eruda. He cleared his throat. On Drazanian, a certain human town began inviting in the Fay for elaborate meals and then poisoning them, some to death. Do you know it? I do. Kentana replied slowly. Good. Ricklar gestured to his son. Lask? Hesitantly, the boy nodded, and one by one, the Fay soldiers passed their appetizer plates to the boy. Lask scooped off bits of the meals onto his side plate, dismantling the artistry. The adult Fay watched unblinking, as Larsk ate every morsel, sipping on water between each bite. Brendan and Fingal exchanged a glance. This ceremony seemed to last hours. When the boy had swallowed the final bite, Kentana said without feeling, Though I appreciate your caution, I am not the sort to poison my opponents, not when we both have something to gain from cooperating, and certainly not in my own home where I would be easily implicated. Kentana took a delicate sip of his wine. Are you satisfied? My associates and I are eager to get to the meal my staff has graciously prepared. The other fae seemed equally anxious, especially Eruder, who took great pains to stop young Larsk from fidgeting and murmuring something to his father beneath his breath. Fingal wondered how long they had been traveling, if this was their first real hospitality since leaving the archipelagos. He wondered if the child would wander off in search for the girl hidden away. I am satisfied, 
Ricklar declared toothily, and at his word, the fay began to eat. More staff paraded into the room. They served additional food promptly on long, steaming serving plates, topped with slabs of grilled, sliced meat and massive, ornamental jugs containing hot and cold soups. To Fingal's surprise, the Fae snubbed most of the provided utensils and used their fingers instead. Their tiny claws jutting from the tips of their fingers, fingernail-like but thinner, more angled, skewered the smaller beans easily. Their nimble fingers teased apart the tender potatoes and later the meat. They only utilized their spoons for the thick soup and their knives for the tougher, larger items on the plate. Some of us eat in the traditional way, Ricklar explained, noticing Brendan and Fingal staring ungraciously. Is that a problem? No. Kentina said diplomatically, in a way that returned both Fingal and Brendan's attentions to their plates. I am familiar with your customs, though eating without silverware is an older tradition that I didn't realize was still in practice. Despite this, he gestured to a server standing patiently by the doorway with a heavy tray of bowls. When he placed them before the fay, Fingal saw the bowls were filled with water and citrus slices. Ricklar nodded his appreciation curtly, eyeing Kentina with sly interest. Some have adopted the human ways, even expanded upon them, not us. He explained, stabbing his fingers into the lemon water bowl and gestured to his hand. We have been given the perfect instruments here. It is an insult to the spirit mother when we use more than what is necessary to achieve our ends. And the destruction of innocent towns? Was that necessary? Brendan demanded suddenly. He tapped his fingers on his wine glass, and one of the staff promptly refilled it. Brendan, Fingal said under his breath. Afrin and Cantona exchanged a worried look. Ricklar was not amused. Yes, it was necessary. He seemed to be satisfied at saying nothing more, yet... His words had darkened Brendan's face, and Ricklar, leaning forward a little in his chair, added, I chose my soldiers with great care. Only the fastest, the strongest, could come under my wings. Many of the humans couldn't rebuild their air defenses quickly enough. Rapid. Repeated strikes would take out any town. Then we would move on. His satisfied glint specifically for Brendan seemed to say, Are you satisfied with me now? Though you would vary your approach, surely, Kentina offered, 
A few of Ricklar's soldiers made noises of contempt. Even Ricklar smiled a little and took his time to savor the meal. At times, certainly. But when a strategy of war works... He flexed his fingers as a human would shrug. Brendan and Fingal shared the same pale look. Brendan gulped more wine. How many humans had this fay and his regiment killed? If you would kindly permit the question, Cantona said placidly, his fingers tented with the barest of touches. What is your Council of Three's plan to transport my patients? Some cannot be moved. Their conditions are far too delicate. Ricklar's face twisted at the mention of the Council of Three. They gave me no instructions, only broad power for me to handle the situation. Fingal hadn't spent much time thinking about who had been installed as the new ruler of the Fae. Fingal was more concerned the very much alive Queen Catriona would resurface and enact whatever devious plan she had for everyone, Fingal and Riona in particular. He had heard rumors of a supposed Council of Three Fey nobles who had wrestled themselves into power back on the archipelagos after the Fey defeat in Halzimarth and the subsequent officially declared end of hostilities. Though if Ricklar had declared himself ruler of the Fey here at this table, Fingal would have just as much reason to believe it. A generous and wise choice made by your council. Kentina offered, inclining his head respectfully at Ricklar, though he side-eyed Brendan, who white-knuckled his fork and stared daggers at the Fay regiment. It doesn't serve our peoples to be caught up in bureaucracy and letter-writing when we should be concentrating on more pressing matters. Have you given the matter thought? Now that you've spent some time in Lerzkre, the Fey warlord cocked his head in a calculated, deliberate movement and paused for dramatic effect. I think we can agree that our healers are more equipped to handle Fey physiology. Brendan scoffed and slammed his wine. Immediately after it was refreshed, he tipped his head back and once again downed the liquid into his never-ending stomach. Aphron flinched. Fingal gritted his teeth. Brendan was notoriously terrible at quelling his urge to engage in any kind of merriment. Yet even this seemed excessive. Was this part of a greater scheme? Or was his good friend unnerved by the powerful Fay dining just a stone's throw away? and him vulnerable without his weapons. Kentona raised a disapproving, bushy brow at Brendan's behavior. Eyle has had centuries of experience with... Would you want humans in the care of Fay deep in enemy territory? Ricklar interrupted. Brendan rose suddenly, legs wobbling, fingers grasping the table gently to keep his balance. Uh, 
Excuse me, uh, gentle people and uh, gentle fay. Which way is the privy again? Fingal's stomach clenched. The signal. Now? What was he up to? Fingal did his best not to observe Ricklar and the fay, though in the corner of his eye he noted the disgusted look on Ricklar's face at Brendan's rude interruption. Cantina huffed a sigh. Must you? The hesitation was short enough to be convincing. Uh, yes, yes. If I don't, then I'm gonna... Brendan slapped a hand to his mouth and another to his stomach. Uh-oh. You are excused, Kentana said with a wave of his hand, and Brendan dashed out of a doorway behind Fingal. In the distance, he heard the exaggerated, and possibly real, sounds of Brendan throwing up. My apologies, Kentana said gravely to the Fay guests. He then shot a damning look at Fingal. You told me you would vouch for your friend. I didn't know he would be so terrible at holding his cups. Fingal's mouth fell open and it remained there as if frozen by Cantona's scowl. Fingal's face heated. This was not real, he told himself. This was part of some elaborate play and he did not know his lines. Um, I didn't know he was going to drink so much. Kentana scoffed again, and Afrin shook his head disapprovingly, acting equally upset. I suppose that is on me for hiring brigaders. Kentana said this more to Ricklar than to Afrin. Fingal side-eyed the fay. Everything seemed to hang on them believing in Kentana's strange, layered lies. Bedosi guffawed. Noticing the positive, sarcastic reaction, Larsk also squealed, wanting to be part of the inside joke. Ricklar would not take his gaze from Fingal's shame-filled face, as if holding it up for inspection, waiting for him to break under the pressure. We gave them a lot to drink about, Ricklar said softly. He fingered his wine glass pensively, still holding Fingal's gaze. Fingal feared the next question. What do you dream about at night, little human? Is it about my fake queen and how you harbor her daughter? What makes you wake up sweating and screaming, and is it me? Fingal set down his silverware, and it clattered clumsily on the plate. He and the girl had to leave, now. He glanced up at the doorway, and the first thing he thought was, she's wearing the dress. It was a silly thing to notice, he thought absently, as she padded silently into the hall, violet wings exposed, dark hair matted and uncombed, cheeks rosy, and eyes bright and fearful. She scuttled on the tiles, careful not to trip on the too long dress, using the wall to guide her way. Fingal was outside of himself, watching her tiptoe along. Go back, he wanted to say. Go back and live. 
I don't know if I can protect you from them. It was too late. The table had noticed Riona, drawn by her attempt at dress-up, and her unusual human-like features paired with her brilliant, too large violet wings. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox, a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall. If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. Riona began in her little voice, taking in Ricklar de Dianel and Larsk with cautious interest, and then drew back as if her gaze had uncovered something vile within both of them. Ricklar straightened in his chair and splayed his hands on the white linen, caressing the fabric absently. I wasn't sure if I could believe my son's account. But he described you perfectly. And now, to see you again, to know certainly that you... Fingal's chair creaked like breaking ice as he stood. His innards froze. Everything he feared had been sharply drawn and colored by tools unseen, manifesting in terrible realness out of his control. This was no dream. The Fay had come for her. You know this child, Kentana said with genuine surprise, ignoring Fingal's reaction. Of course I know her, Ricklar bellowed and stretched out his massive wings and hands towards the girl. Riona Condru, my daughter, you are safe, or as safe as one can be in these narrow human halls. Come to me. Hand on the wall, she put one foot in front of the other, and then stopped again. She took in the long table, the menacingly delighted Fay regiment, Kentina, a stunned silent Aphrin, Brendan's escaping far-off footsteps, and finally, Fingal. She held his gaze for a long time. Your daughter, you say, Kentana said slowly, and also turned to Fingal for an explanation. Ricklar, however, didn't notice Kentana's attention on Fingal. The Fey warlord continued, Isn't it apparent by her wings? Most importantly, you are alive. A smile spread across his face. The patients are of no concern any longer. Keep them. A favor for protecting a child in this harsh world. I will take the girl back the archipelagos with me. Thank you 
for listening to Wingtorn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com.